It's January 27th, 2011. This is Five Way to Show About Worcester. I'm Michael Benedetti. This is Tracy Novick, alleged school committee member. How do you respond to these allegations that you're a school committee member? I, I think that actually that's probably true. There you go. And Brendan Mellican. Allegedly nothing. Allegedly nothing. How's it going, man? Good, man. How are you? Good, good. Welcome we got back. <laughs> Thanks. We've got the big news. This has been snowing outside. And uh, actual snow, not prop snow. Yeah, and uh, actual children actually sledding. Yeah, and if people live in Worcester, they know that it's snowing outside. So you don't need to watch the rest of the show or read the newspapers or anything like that because you already know the number one story of the week. There's other stories of the week. Um, you guys have any priorities? Anything you particularly care about? We can take. I mean, we can take it in your order. It's your show. All right. Well, this since since you're on the show, let's talk about school policy stuff. Um, you've been on television and other programs a couple times this week, huh? Yes, and, I have. And this is because, as so as usual, this is like school news, and so I only have pay attention to it, and I no don't, and I don't understand. <laughs> Which is why you're such a good interviewer. Right? And I don't understand it at all because I have no children. Yep. And I never went to school in Worcester, but I guess I theoretically somehow pay taxes for these schools, so I guess I should care. And it is, you well, know, it's your community. It right? is my community, and so that I matters do care. in that way too. I didn't, sorry, there you go. I just have I just have a hard time getting my head around. You know, it's like it's like I don't know. Like, have you ever had friends who like you have you haven't seen in years, and they have had like a bunch of kids, and you just sort of can't keep the kids straight in your yes. head. Mm -hmm. But then, like, if you visit them occasionally, even if you visit them once every five years, once you actually see the kids, you're like, okay, now yeah, I know the oldest and the youngest yeah. and the blonde one and the redheaded one. And so I feel it's the same way. It's like the schools is something. It's like my dear friend. It's like my community. Blah blah blah. But I just cannot keep. Any of these, any of the, the children straight in my head, or any of the anything straight in my head, but you, but you don't have this problem, because you're a school committee member. So, what's this thing with cheating on tests? Uh, okay. So, but going back to the beginning of September, yeah. we were told by the superintendent that there um, was some concern about a large number of erasures in the third grade math test at the Goddard School. And this is the MCAS. This is the MCAS, which is the statewide test. Kids have to take it in third, fourth, fifth, sixth, eighth, and tenth grade. And this is like a hugely important test. Hugely important deal. Uh, you cannot graduate from high school without having passed the tenth grade MCAS. Um, it has everything to do with what the kids are taught, how the kids are taught it, um, how the curriculum is arranged, the whole nine yards. And the, and are, is, is school funding is impacted by this? Um, no? Yeah, but in funny ways. Um, so when we, we had the whole level four blow up last spring, the decision that those two schools were level four schools and those principals had to be let go and so forth. These are schools that did so. If Poorly the school, on the MCAS. And so their principal gets fired. Yes, although I'm, I think I'm supposed to say that the principals were replaced because they didn't actually lose their jobs. They just got different jobs. They there just got better, higher-paying jobs where they have to work less, if I'm not mistaken, right? The, the pay is the same. <laughs> pay is the same. Okay. They, got, they got pushed along. Though. They did. Okay, anyway. So the MCAS, so everybody, the students have a ton of, like, uh, uh, incentive to do well in the, the MCAS. Yeah. And the teachers have some kind of incentive for their students well, to do well? Well, and this is where it gets crazy, right? So so we, the district is judging the MCAS, the schools are judging the MCAS, we now have the principals being judged in the MCAS. The teachers know coming down the pike that because we took the race to the top money, we now have to tie teacher um, evaluation to their students' test scores. So okay. we're not doing that yet, but once we take this race to the top money, that's actually part of the agreement is that we'll start doing that. Okay. So, yeah, how well their kids in their class do in the MCAS is going to directly impact how they're seen as a teacher. Okay. So, there was this problem that a bunch of kids in the third grade 
had erased more oh. than you would think had erased this is is the MCAS like bubbles like number two pencils Mostly. and bubbles yeah so they, there's a lot of erasing of the bubbles right how do they even know this well the state as a matter of course generally reviews stuff like this and there are people who actually like do this for a living because I mean there's a whole study of you know what's a normal number of erasures and what's so an the, odd number and so when stuff. when the computer looks at the form it can tell a bubble that's marked and a bubble that's been erased yeah really wow yes okay well, I mean I guess it's not that surprising they make, it a is lot, they make a lot of money doing this stuff, so they've invested some in so it. So people well. do the statistical analysis of the erasures and the holders. All kinds of stuff like that. And they are like, this is not, this is like off the charts. Off the chart, right. Or not maybe off the chart, but this is like not it's the right It's an abnormal number, number okay. right. So they, so they came in um, and uh, with the, the state and the administration went in and did a complete investigation. And then that was the last we'd heard of it until last Wednesday night. Um, and there were parents who were calling and saying, why don't we know anything? Is anything going to happen? And we kept asking and we weren't hearing anything. Um, and so we got a one page press release from the commissioner of education, which said that <clears throat> far beyond the third grade math test, um, that the state felt that it was necessary to throw out all of the scores in grades three, four, five, and six in not only math, but also in science and English. At Goddard. At Goddard. Yes. And that, as a consequence of this... Wait a second. Why was it so many... Wait a second. So, like, all the elementary school, yeah. basically... Yes. All the Several tests, hundred children. Yes. They're, they're, they get, the they tests would count. get thrown out. They have yes. to do overs. No, they don't even do do-overs. <clears throat> they, they just say it doesn't count. And they say you, just, had, you have no... no there's no number. You yes. never took the test. Yes. Wow. Yes. The state said this. State said this. Okay. Um... So, I mean, that's a big deal, right? I mean, we spend all this time bumping these kids up. This is important. you got to do your best. you got to go in there. There's no number. But why? So why is it a big deal? If you just say, let's just call it, let's just call it even. You can take it next year and we'll figure it out. We'll, well go first of all, that. I don't think it's really fair to the kids. I mean, we spend all this time saying you know what, though? this is really important. If there's any lesson that adults teach their children. It's, it's that, that life is not fair. Thank you. Yes, exactly. Well, we've had a really excellent illustration of that this week, unfortunately. Um, the other half of this is, is <clears> even more not fair, which is that you would assume that if it were this bad, that if somehow the breaking of the rules was this widespread. Like all the kids in the whole school were cheating on every Well, exactly, test. which I don't know. I mean, if you know any teachers, getting all of the teachers to agree to somehow do this magically strikes me as being somewhat difficult to believe. So the idea, so wait, let's let's take a step back because yes. maybe you explained it, but maybe I was distracted by these beautiful chalk drawings in the background here. <laughs> The theory, the theory of the crime here is that somehow the teachers said to their students, like, the teachers went back and well, did there's the a list tests? of allegations. There's, there's, there's. First of all, um, that teachers told kids to go back and and uh, double check things, which you can't do on the MCAS. There's um, that teachers told kids to write. More. Wait, so you can't erase. You can erase, but the teacher can't come over and say, hey, you know, you want to take another look at number five. Maybe. Oh, okay. okay. Um, teacher can't say, you only wrote one sentence on that short answer. You probably want to write more like four. Okay. Um, they're also, for kids who have special education needs, who actually have someone write their answers down for them, so mm -hmm. the kid is saying something and there's a scribe, mm -hmm. there, uh, the state said that there were um, instances in which somebody who was scribing wrote down stuff the kid didn't say. How does... This is this is because some teacher has some other education adult has seen this happen and reported. Them? Well, that's where I don't know that either because again we only have this one. I don't know how they found out the information. I don't know if it was teachers telling them this about either themselves or other people. I don't. We don't. We don't. Okay. Okay. 
Um, but it should be clear, though, that it, it, no one's making an allegation that the students were actually cheating. It's all the focus is on the on adults, on adults yes. that were somehow encouraging. It doesn't appear that there were hundreds of students, you know, in some sort of conspiracy to no. offset the MCAS. It's well, just a small handful of adults guiding students in inappropriate ways. Right. right. Yes. And because they're adults, somehow we've decided that it's not actually cheating. It's uh, irregular uh, testing irregularities, which I, I believe yes, is the that, language we're using. And that this is where it even gets better, which is that the solution to all of this is to send the principals and the administrators to workshops and that's what's going to fix this okay and that's it okay from the state um so i should probably point out that the principals and the administrators don't actually give the mcast they're not the people who are in the classroom actually saying to the kids what were these workshops what would these workshops be about well we're going to find out on thursday apparently the superintendent said she was going to tell us but on somehow on testing procedures um now, I gotta tell you, I actually gave the MCAS. Um, it's not that complicated. Like, okay. there, there's a whole list of rules about like what you, what you can't do, and that's kind of obnoxious, but they're not hard to follow. They're okay. not difficult to follow. I don't think that there were teachers who somehow didn't understand this. Because they I, are teachers, and they do give tests. As a matter of course, yeah. Do we know that they were teachers and not just like proctors that were We don't know any. We don't, yeah, <laughs> and this is it. We don't know which, who, and that was actually why when when I walked into the meeting on Thursday and then started, started to think about it over the weekend, the thing that kept coming back to me was if I taught at the Goddard School and I had done everything right in my classroom and then the allegation from the state had been we're throwing out your kids' scores as well and that everybody's principals are going to have to go to training and that somehow this is going to fix this, I would be ripped. I would be absolutely furious that somehow I was being held responsible for other people cheating mm -hmm. and that somehow the only thing that was going to happen to anybody including the people who actually did something wrong, was that the principals were going to go to a workshop. Okay. So that's what brought us to this week, which is when three of us are filing several items asking for an internal investigation, um, this asking is, for this a release. This is you and Brian, Brian O'Connell? Yes. And? Diana Biancaria. Three people on the school committee saying we need to do additional investigation. Yes. Will okay. you get a fourth to, uh, do you think, that will support that? That will be the open question going into Thursday. Do you, okay. do you need a fourth? I, we do in order to get something through the school committee. Okay. Wait a second. F only four people have There's to support seven it? seven members on the school committee, oh, so the really? majority is four. <laughs> Look at learning. I learned <laughs> something. <laughs> Amazing how often th three and four manages to work its way into it. more interesting, though, since the Goddard School uh, story came out since then, and this is uh, the words of Brendan Mellick and not Tracy Novick, it also appears that we have found out just through the uh, fine reporting of the telegram and not from the administration that there are, the state is also looking at irregularities at um, Belmont Elementary School. Okay. Uh, but what I thought was even more interesting, it appears that the last district that Dr. Boone was in also had an issue with similar irregularities as well that involved not just Dr. Boone and her district, but one of the consultants that she worked closely with down there, who we've also been paying as a consultant here in Worcester since Dr. Boone came on board. Wait, but nobody's saying that Dr. Boone had anything to do with irregularities. <laughs> Aren't there irregularities in school? I mean, this is isn't this just gonna, something that happens well, in your school district? And if you're I mean, if you have experience running a school district, then you it's have had irregularities. It's probably safe to assume that this sort of thing happens all the time. But as a matter of fact, it's only been four communities in, in the Commonwealth that have ever had to deal with uh, ir testing irregularities that have been all identified right. by the state. So okay. in the number of years that we've been giving the MCAS, it is, in fact, a rarity that anyone's called to the mat okay. for this sort of issue. All right. So it, it might happen all the time. It's just that uh, nobody seems to either get caught for it or uh, right. have to all do right. anything as a result. So I want to so so if there's internal investigations, does this mean that the workshop thing wouldn't happen, or that maybe something in addition to well, the, the workshop? Well, the state's would happen? requiring the workshop thing, okay. so we have to do the workshop thing regardless. Okay. 
Um, I have to say I'm somewhat dubious on the relative merits of that as a solution. Mm -hmm. So here's what I want to know. I think this is kind of an interesting story. Yep. But I feel like, again, like as somebody who knows nothing about education and grew up in the days before standardized testing was the whole point of education. Yep. I feel like it's not the point, it shouldn't be the point of education to do good on filling out a standardized right test. Like learning to fill in a bubble, all kids should know how to do this, but for that to be the main thing of education. We call that coloring the lines though, and it's usually learned early kids, on. Kids, coloring books is like, exactly. Coloring books is fine. If you want to make it a bubble rather than a little drawing of, of Elmo or something, that's fine. So I feel like this. what this teaches the kids though, is this says to the kids like, I don't know, maybe it gives them a little sense that, like, what, uh, just having to deal with the world outside of standardized testing. To say, okay, like, so your standardized test is completely void this year. Like, now how are you going to judge yourself? Now how are you going to look at your life? And the kid's going to have to say, what did I learn this year? What relationships did I make this year? How is my life going this year? You know, like, look at the real things, which education is really supposed to be about, rather than looking at this artificial thing. That this is sort of like, helping the kids develop a, a, a Buddhist-like detachment from standardized testing. Yeah, this Am is, I wrong? Yeah, Brendan? Well, you no, know, you're absolutely right, and I think it even goes a step <clears throat> further that this is one of those rare cases where you also see the um, stress and the pressures that are put on school-level administrators, you know, principals and whatnot, mm -hmm. to also uh, perform well. Like, we have elementary schools in Worcester that their biggest problem is not uh, performing poorly on the MCAS, but they're doing so well in terms of AYP that in a short period of time, they're not going to, the ceiling like can't go any higher, right? Like mm -hmm. they, they, they have to meet certain marks every year in terms of improvement, they're but there's not that much room they're for They're just acing it year after year. And I, I would imagine that you've also today got principals all around the city saying, well, why the hell am I working so hard uh, at this if it's, if, if the administration itself is going to just kind of brush aside any allegations of wrongdoing? I mean, you've got principals that are, are going gray prematurely because of all the effort that they put into meeting AYP year in, year, year out. Uh, and then you find out that the administration doesn't even really care how you go about meeting uh, AYP. Mm -hmm. I think that sends the you know a pretty terrible message as well to the folks that are doing the right thing you know straight through both teachers and uh, and principals. And I don't disagree with you in terms of the emphasis on standardized testing. The problem is that nobody's actually saying that to the kids. What the teachers are saying is, well, now you really need to go in there this year, and you need to show them that it wasn't about cheating and it wasn't about something else. You need to show them that you can do this all on your own. I'm never I've been so, talking to Goddard parents, and that's... So, so basically the objection to this, doing something like this, is you're basically just jerking around a whole school of kids for no reason. Yeah. Like, you know. All right. Fair enough. Well, that's 15 minutes on that subject. <laughs> um, let's talk about what else is going on. Are you more on. excited about public education now? Am I more excited about public education now? Now there's scandals involved? Now <laughs> <laughs> there's scandals. <laughs> They're not that exciting. It's like season four of The Wire for you. It's, yeah. <laughs> the Wire will come up later. Later this year, maybe. Not maybe later today. Um, uh, what else is there? Converted Organics. There's, there's some news about the, financial, the, 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 the company that owns Pharmasphere, just that their, their liquidity ratio looks bad. Although somebody posted a blog comment saying their liquidity ratio looked bad third quarter of last year because they're in the middle of this huge restructuring and now maybe fourth quarter will look better. How do you exactly restructure a company that doesn't seem to exist? Uh, I don't, they do exist. They're on the NASDAQ or something, right? Yeah, but I mean, it, <clears throat> in terms of an actual entity. I don't know. Like, I'm actually reading a book on uh, a book on accounting now, so there'll be many more misinformed things about <laughs> liquidity ratios on my various blog posts. Will the restructuring uh, help them with their sidewalk shuttling? 
these are they the don't, they're not questions that they're just... not responsible for burning for, for the sidewalk because <laughs> they don't own the property the city's been the city's been desperately trying to give them the, give property, the property for three years but they can't take the property because their plate is full um the TNG cut most of the people in their circulation department, all the people in the circulation department who are doing home delivery, which turns out to be most of the people in the circulation department, I think. I think it's like 17 half-time, 17 full-time people, and there's like 10 left in the circulation department. They're outsourcing it. Um, I just was thinking about um, that I, I, I sort of feel like, I sort of I sort of these days buy into this theory of newspapers that a newspaper is, is a, an organization which prints and delivers paper advertising, you know, however far a short haul truck can go, however far a van can go. That's like the core business of a newspaper. They do have this news gathering thing, which is intended to make people actually pick up this piece of paper that they're giving you and open it up and look at it. You know, like ha more than much more than half the money that they make is like coming from the people putting the ads in the paper. Only a small percentage is coming from, like 30% is coming from people giving you giving them the money to get that guy to bring stuff to you. So it's interesting that if that's the theory is correct, that this is their core business, it's interesting to see them outsource the core business. Like not every business that does delivery needs to run delivery. Like Amazon doesn't have its own postal service. Like they use UPS or the right. post office or whatever. Like it's just that the newspapers historically have had their own postal service. And now they're basically saying, we don't want to have our own postal Didn't service. newspapers used to outsource this in the form of, they used to call them paper boys though. It used to be like the ultimate in terms of like child breaking child labor laws and, you know, skirting all sorts of Well, well apparently, apparently the paper boys are still there. Like the, like the same people who deliver your paper now like who are maybe are independent contractors or something, or are still going to be independent contractors just for this other, papers over their just for this other company. I don't know. I don't. I think they mostly use cards now, but it's just for this other company. Anyway, I just think that that's interesting. Um, it also sort of makes me wonder about like like one of the TNG's businesses, which is like probably the more most controversial or least loved businesses that they have, is the business of throwing trash in people's yard. And like, they're basically now they're basically the TNG saying we no longer want to have the ability to throw trash in your yard. Like maybe they can do it, but they're going to just be kind of doing it through this other proxy. company through yeah. a proxy. So now it's like if if you want to if you're an advertiser and you want to throw trash in people's yard, isn't there a little more incentive to just cut out the middleman and go right to the company that's like contracting contracting with all these paper boys and whatever and say here we can get this stuff printed cheaper than we can get the telegram gazette to print it and give it to you and pay you to put trash in people's yards and now the tng doesn't have to be involved why should they take a cut because they're not doing anything i don't know i had not thought of it that way before. i don't know i don't really understand your business telegram gazette you should tell me that i'm wrong like send me some emails you can send me an email if you're a tng employee and you want to send me an email about this and you want, like, no, normally I would say if, if, if people email you something and say, I'm going to tell you a bunch of stuff, and also, by the way, this is, like, not for public disclosure, I sort of feel this is unfair. It's like, you just sent me the email unsolicited. Like, you can't, I never promised you anything before you sent me the email. I'm going to promise you now, if you're a Telegram Gazette employee and you want to tell me stuff about the circulation and about how that business works, and you want to include in that same email that it's not for public disclosure, I won't publicly disclose it. I just want to know what's going on. And if we you want to tell should. I mean, to, to Brendan's earlier point, it was the TNG that actually broke the story on Belmont. It was the TNG that gave me my first taste of what was going on with the innovation side. their business last model again. They have a business model that actually works over there on the news gathering there side. Was, there was some, new, some like, good local news gathering yeah. that happened this I'm week. I'm not here to insulting the Telegram and Gazette <laughs> news gathering. That's a whole well, different subject. That's a whole different that, conversation. That different in theory, at least in my mind, that is supposed to be what they're supposed to be about. Okay, maybe. Anyway, I'm also not saying that Telegram are bad business people. Like, 
they're better business people than me. They understand how to run a newspaper better than I do. I like the fact that I look at it and think that they're making some sort of seems like they're making a mistake doesn't mean they're making a mistake. It means that I don't understand why this is a good idea. I think there's just a heck of a lot more money to be made in the old school news gathering business than there is in the new school uh, littering business. That's the thing. I mean, I, I, I think that you know if they actually focus more on some of the really good investigative journalism, that people would be more apt to pay for that than pay for the privilege of having you know a third party dump trash on your front lawn. I think you're naive, but let's move on. <laughs> Um, somebody on Facebook said we should talk about people working from home with all the snow. We're, in fact, taping a show. We're doing a television show from a house today, so that's, that's, uh, that's not work. That's true. Um, the, uh, somebody mentioned that you can get a free engagement announcement in Bride and Groom magazine. There you go. I, th- I thought that the socially acceptable way to do these, these days was Facebook, but maybe hmm. I have to pay, the, the point is you have to pay for the Telegram consent to do it now. They used to but why do you even free. want it when the Telegram is that? Well, uh, there's been a lot fewer of them since you've had to pay for it than Telegram. Because I'm not even talking about paying for it. Well, I'm talking people about people can show up, put it on people's lawn. But if people want to know that I'm engaged, like if I if so if I put my engagement announcement in the Telegram and Gazette, most of my friends and most of the people who want to know are not going to see it. They're going to be like, "Why didn't you put it on Facebook?" Or right? Call me. Or just call <laughs> or call you or just do it like a normal person. But like yeah. honestly, like Facebook seems like that's like well, how the, the actual TV people. mostly is like for you know somebody's grandmother's aunt or mm. you know like your next door neighbor you know your your mother's next door neighbor but see that's the part that makes thing. even less sense because those are the people that are most likely to not get invited to the wedding and then end up being be really irritated be really irritated and the only they wouldn't even know it was happening they usually do if you just put it on facebook yeah. the people that you don't want to know aren't reading facebook so that's i don't know I don't know what to tell you. I think that we should we should toy around with that uh, bride and groom system though, and see if we can game it. That's just, just <laughs> game, game it, game it how? What's that? Just make stuff up and see what we can get. Oh, see if you absurd could... wedding announcements from Worcester. All right, bride and groom, beware. <laughs> Look carefully at these announcements coming in. Um, one topic that so some of the topics that I claim not to know anything about, I actually kind of know something about. There's one topic that I actually don't know that much about, which is this thing of moving the PIP. So the PIP has been the, the PIP has been de facto moved from Main Street to Jake's Ave. And I really realized that there used to be a time when I totally would know all the inside wheelings and dealings of something like this, and that that time is years in the past, and I really don't know that much about this subject. So this is something we're going to investigate. Uh, it's a hard-hitting investigative not, No, it's just going to be talking to people who work at CHL or whatever in the coming weeks and find out what is what is going on and uh, how is this new uh, facility on Jake's Ave shaping up. Have uh, solved the problem of chronic homelessness in Worcester? That seems to be the, Apparently the actual so. topic of debate. Apparently so. I don't know. I, I don't Does think this feel the like George Bush flying in the airline and talking about mission accomplished. No, yeah, it, it just seems like an odd thing to declare. I that, don't know. You know, because we clo- we actually all we did was shutter a building that now homelessness is gone from Worcester. I think Worcester honestly does better with homelessness than a lot of communities. Like, I don't, don't want to rag Worcester. Like, I did see a guy yesterday holding a sign, and he claimed to be homeless on the sign. He could have totally been a charlatan. You know that um, it's a lie now when you see those signs, because it's done. It's over with. It's over. I mean, this guy is clearly just scamming us all now. But I mean, I'm, I'm actually genuinely concerned that that's the impression that people in Worcester could end up okay. having, that these folks are charlatans when in fact we didn't uh, cure homelessness. Well, some of them are charlatans, but that's aside from the fact that they're still homeless people. You can be both. Yes. Sure. Sure. Okay. I don't know. Like I said, I don't. I actually have only seen a little bit of the coverage on this, so I can't even criticize what the coverage is. Um, I had a. I had a. I had a dog run in. How much time do we have? We got seven minutes. I got a. I had a dog run into me just like before we taped the show. I was walking down the street here, and um, these two. These two boxers. Like, and is a is a boxer pit bull? 
No, but no, well, is it technically under the legislation? Is it a pit bull? Depending on which city council you ask, it's one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, so I basically let's call it a pit bull. I had a bo- I had these two boxers like barking, barking. They just come out from like running up this guy's driveway. I'm like walking down the street because the sidewalks are totally covered in snow, and they like come running up the driveway. And one of them, I guess, hits it, and I sort of stop and start. Or I start to move slowly and like don't make eye contact to try to like not have this boxer do anything. And I think one of them, like, hits an ice patch or something and just comes, like, chumbling across the street and, like, bam! And then he runs back to the edge of the park and barks at me from there. So that was my dog. That was my aggressive dog story of the day. Was it, a, a, like, a really attractive uh, sort of light brown, like, caramel brown? Boxer? These are beautiful. There's two of them. One of them didn't hit the ice patch and but stayed was, at the park. Is that the color that one of them Yeah, was? yeah, yeah. So that dog, if it's the dog that I'm thinking of, is a chronic nuisance in this neighborhood. It actually, every morning, early in the morning, uh-huh. it goes from house to house digging up people's gardens and just taking giant dumps and then burying them <laughs> in the garden. I've caught it doing it once. I love this dog. It's, it's an amazing animal because it seems to just be uh, trying to purposely annoy humans Like because it buries neatly uh, when it takes a dump in your garden. It buries it neatly. It's so like it a cat. Like, and it, then you just find it organically. Like, wow, now I'm growing dog poo in my, my garden. I see, quite the thing. I see a guy walk those dogs occasionally. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm sure gonna they're a, lovely dogs and lovely people, but I I'm going to talk to that, that guy and out find out. Garden. I'm going to find out about the dog before I start to, mis- to judge the dog because I think they're probably beautiful animals even if they do mess up people's yard. Um, next week on the show, we're going to talk about co-working, co-working, how I want somebody to make a co-working space in the city. I don't know what else we're going to talk about next week. I guess the news will decide. Do you More guys know? More snow? You guys got anything left? We got. We could do five more minutes of show if you want. Are we going to talk about shoveling sidewalks and that uh, no. exhaustive nonsense? Of it we need to get be? real. We need to get real. The city needs to revise all this stuff. Because you know what the thing is? It's like the city is not going to shovel the sidewalks, its own sidewalks, at least not all of them. The state is not going to shovel its own sidewalks. Like people shovel their sidewalks, which means some neighborhoods are walkable. But man, if you got any kind of city-owned property in that in that neighborhood, like suddenly the sidewalk's not walkable, and then people are wandering back and forth in the road and falling on the ice and stuff. I feel like that we need to get more real about this thing with the sidewalks. I don't know what the answer is. That's my answer. I want to ask you: Is there anything else going on with schools this week? Four minutes. Four minutes. Anything else exciting, education-wise? Well, yeah. I mean, the governor released his budget yesterday. All right. So there you go. Now we can do numbers too in a different way. What do we know about this? Um, we know that they're kind of playing a shell game with... <laughs> well, that does not... That's not... This is what you're supposed to do with... No, we've right? got this big announcement, right, that there's going to be $140 million more million spent on education this year. Only it turns out that it's $140 more million from the state, which is replacing 200 and something million that we had from the federal government last year, which means that it's actually a cut of $81 million, which is kind of unfortunate, particularly in light of the headlines. So, so the state is increasing their contribution to the budget, but the feds are slashing it more than that. So yes. we have, we're going to have less money for education. But we can fix right. that by uh, signing up for new contests that the federal government will sure to be uh, having for really? educational goals. Like race to the top, right? I mean, just as long as everything is like a game show in education, that the money is out there. You just It's like playing a lottery. I love race to the top. Yeah. I, I've talked about this before. Can't win if you don't play. Way better than No Child Left Behind. Can't win if you don't play. It's the total opposite of No Child Left Behind. Yeah. I, I don't know anything about the details. I just know the name but is the way name better. Is much, from a marketing perspective, it's, it's superior. <laughs> That's I know pretty clear that I, you don't know anything about I know the details. It's, not it's Darwinian. <laughs> That's, all I, That's all I know. The other one is like, no, you know. No Child Left Behind is not at all what it says it is. That's the kind of it's socialist program you would think that a Republican that. president would pass. Whereas Grace to the Top is like Survivor. It's like Lord of the Flies. There's a reason why there was wide Republican support for it. 
No Child Left Behind or Race to the Top? Race to the Top. Except it did involve, of course, spending federal money, which... I don't know. Anyway, not we're, not in a, we're not entertaining anybody. We're just making smart, smart remarks about this stuff. Uh, <laughs> guys, thanks for being on the show. We have this week Tracy Novick, school committee member. Thanks for having me on. We have Brendan Mellican, homeowner, snow shoveler. That's about it. Do you have any snow shoveling tips? Uh, snow shoveling tips? Uh, no, just just do as much as you can, right? Like I think it's easy to go like take care of your own little space and run back inside your house. It's it's actually kind of fun to go out and clean off stuff for your neighbors and whatnot. That's, that's I get a lot of elderly neighbors and I actually take great joy in taking care of their sidewalks and their driveways when they're not home. There you go. That's all. Do a good turn. Do a good turn. I'm Michael Benedetti. Thank you for watching the show, and we will be back next week.